Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And that is launched out to deep left field. Big fly for Mike Trout. This is ground ball to second base. Red Heagle falls down, picks it up, fires the first. The Angels have no hit. The Seattle Mariners. It's gone. Big fly for Anthony Rendon. Hey guys, I'm Alex Curry. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. Brandon Marsh. This is Chris Rodriguez. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. And welcome to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am Dallin Garcia, uh, riding solo today, here to kind of recap the Orioles series, a series that obviously did not go the way we thought or hoped it would be. Um, you know, Orioles coming in on a huge, huge losing streak. You would think the Angels would take advantage of it. But in true in true Angels fashion, they kind of lower themselves to their competition. And that's been something that had been a real issue with them kind of this whole year. And honestly, in the recent history, it's kind of been what it's been, where they play like good teams like the Dodgers, the Yankees, uh, the Red Sox really, really well. And then when they play some of these lesser teams – it just seems like they're not able to get up for those kind of games, um, take advantage of certain situations in those games. And that's kind of what I felt like happened in this series with Baltimore is that um, they had a lot of opportunities. They scored a lot of runs, at least the first couple of the games they did, um, you know, but they weren't able to take advantage and win some of these games that the, the offense would get up early. Um, some of the pitchers would not be able to hold it. And there's a whole other conversation with that. The last two games of this series was really, really uh, affected by injuries and and COVID and and well, quote unquote COVID. They haven't officially come out and say it, um, but to kind of just give a quick thought or a quick like recap of the series. Like I mentioned, they come into Baltimore, and, and two part of it, and I think this does have an effect on it for. Um, coming in, you've traveled, uh, you know, this is going to be like a week and a half on the road. You had the, the pit stop in New York and you have one, two, three, four cities with one day off in between. Um, you can say no excuses. That's fine. But at the same time, Baltimore's trying to win. They're not trying to lose. Those guys on the field are not trying to lose. They are trying to rebuild and tank. That's coming from the management the office management, the the GM, the the you know baseball ops people, they're the ones trying to tank. The guys on the field aren't trying to tank. The guys on the field are trying to win. And if you give them enough opportunity, they are major league players too, and they will take advantage of it. And that's exactly what happened this uh, last three game series in uh, Baltimore. You know, like they, they I mentioned, they, they won the first game. All right, they won the first game, fourteen to eight, but it's still. At that point, was kind of a red flag to me because if you listen to the last podcast, I did mention the one thing that Baltimore did have going for them, even though of what their record is, they have some guys that can hit. Uh, Mancini, Mullins, um, 
you know, there's, there's guys on the roster that if you give them a mistake, they're not going to be, you know, double A players where they're just going to miss completely. These guys can put the ball in play and you match that with a ballpark like Camden Yards that is known to be a super hitter friendly ballpark. The two and two do not, um, you know, a good offense and a ballpark that breeds that is not a good combination for a pitching staff that does seem to struggle here and there. But like I mentioned, the Angels were up uh, 13-2 to going into the fifth inning. And then Baltimore um, scores three in the fifth, three in the sixth. So make it a lot closer than it needed to be. But they did come out and they did win this game 14-8. to uh, This game was started by Dylan Bundy. Again, not the outing you wanted. And especially, too, because you, you look at the whole series as a whole, there was a ton of bullpen innings that hasn't happened in a while But it kind of all started with Bundy only going one and a third innings, um, walking three, giving up a hit. So that was kind of a quick hook, but he did not look good at all. So I kind of understand it, but it kind of now set in motion this bullpen type game, this um, opener, almost like Bundy's almost like the opener type game. And you got Junior Gara comes in with two and two thirds, gives up four runs. Uh, Andrew Wants comes in, gives up two. And then Warren, Ciszek, and Iglesias come in towards the back end and absolutely shut it down. Now, with everything happening at the Little League World Series game um, with uh, Marte coming up positive with COVID, now you go into the next game, the, after the, the the Tuesday game against Baltimore, you talk about the Wednesday game. Before the game, now you're talking about Warren and Detmers going on the IL. No dis, no reason why. They haven't give a reason why. Usually it's an elbow or shoulder or whatever. This time it was nothing. So obviously that laid uh, made a lot of people think it was COVID-related. Obviously the Angels can't outwardly say it, I think. I mean, it's kind of, it's weird with HIPAA laws and I don't, it's, there's really a bit confusing with all that stuff. But the fact that they didn't come out and say, hey, it's because of X, Y, or Z made everyone think, and I kind of agree with it, that it is COVID-related. So we'll see what happens with that. But that, again, kind of sets in motion that you're going to need some good innings by your starters because now your bullpen's kind of depleted. You had Marte, who looked really good. He was He's out because of COVID. And then you have Warren, who has been an absolute stud since he's been in uh the majors out now because of you know we don't know again if it's covid he has covid or if he was just in contact with someone with covid or what but at the end of the day he's not available to pitch so with Tony on the mound you kind of felt comfortable um you know you're going to get a good six seven innings out of Otani no matter what after the great eight inning outing last time that wasn't the case. Otani went only five innings, gave up four, uh, five hits, four runs. His first time he's given up multiple home runs in, God, I don't know how long. But he ended up giving up three, and I believe two of them were in the first inning. So already there, you're kind of, okay, Otani doesn't have his A stuff today. So you knew you are going to have to kind of put um, a couple runs on the board, if you will. And they did. They put up six. They put up six. behind the because of the bottom of the lineup. You look at Marsh, who in this game got his first um home run of of his of his major league career so congrats and if you guys have been following us on Halo Haven or on All Angels podcast you know how we've known Brandon since his days at Single A and he's been on the podcast since his day at Single A um I was there for his first MLB game so to see him kind of now finally get that first home run was really cool to see even if I wasn't there live but you had you know Joe Adele contribute you had again Brandon Marsh with um 
three hits. And I think the night before, he had four hits for the win. So he's really, really contributing. But after that, Otani's 0 for, um, you know, Fletcher was 0 for, Goslin, Walsh, and Iglesias all only had one hit. So they scored runs, but it doesn't seem like they scored enough because the, here comes the bullpen. Um, Quintana gets a hold. Myers gets a hold. Now, because of those injuries or sickness or whatever, you had Jack uh, or Jake Perica or whatever his name is, came up, 33 years old, you know, a journeyman relief pitcher. Angels just recently signed him, you know, goes two-thirds of an innings, gives up four runs off of two hits and two walks. So obviously not great, not the kind of um, outing you want from a new guy that's coming up. But again, they just seem to struggle to hold leads this whole series. So they end up losing Tuesday or Wednesday's game six to four, which ends the losing streak of Baltimore, which I think they got up to like 20 or something like that. But then today, Thursday, we record this Thursday night, an absolute, I don't, it, it, it's crazy. It's crazy to see this. Granted, like I said, this is the end of a road trip. They're coming home early game. Just, I'm sure a lot of these guys just want to get the heck out of there. Um, but, Otani gets a home run, leads off the game with a home run, and that's it. That's all they get. Okay, that's all they get. One run the whole game. And then you have Jaime Barea giving up one run, uh, three and a third. So then there's that issue again as far as pitchers not going deep. Um, And then you put these guys in who, honestly, you look at these guys that pitched today out of the bullpen, and maybe only one really belongs in the major leagues right now and that's Andrew Wants. Everyone else, uh Paguero, again, he's going to be good. I just don't think he's th- there yet and um he kind of showed his inconsistencies there. He walked 3, um gave up two hits, uh ended up giving up five runs. Um you know, so I, I, these guys aren't ready yet. These younger guys, not everyone can come up and be um an Austin Ward and come up and completely shut things down, but you know, the bullpen was a huge, huge, huge issue again. And part of that, I believe, is because some of these guys who are in the bullpen don't belong in the major league bullpen. Not yet, at least. There's some young guys that are promising, like Poguero, but I just don't think he's quite there yet. And missing a, a Warren, missing, um, you know, a, a Marte, who does look ready by looking at his last outing, really seems like they missed it this time. And like I mentioned, Baltimore is a major league team. Baltimore is a team that is going to, the guys on the field at least, the guys on the field are playing to win. They're not trying to tank. They're not trying to get a better draft pick. They're not trying to do any of those guys. The way teams tank is from the front office, from the GM, from the president, from you know all those guys. When you get to the guys on the field, they're trying to win. They're trying to, and they mentioned it a couple of times this weekend or this, this series this week, is a lot of these guys are, auditioning for jobs next year, whether it's with Baltimore or whether it's with another team. These guys are competing because they need <laughs> they need jobs. So to think that just because of that, they're going to roll over and just play dead, uh, hats off to them because there's a lot of times where you get beat down so much, you don't know if you're going to get back up again. But these guys are professionals. These guys are trying to win. And, and, and it showed because some of the efforts out there by some of these pitchers just aren't ready. We are also on Instagram Live if you're listening to the podcast. Um, some of the comments are coming in. These injuries are a joke, and it happens every damn year. Everyone should train with Otani in the offseason. I'm 100% serious about that. It's absolutely insane how many injuries this team has. This team has. You say that, 
But Otani's biggest question was if he can stay healthy this year. This is Otani's first year with the Angels being healthy. So yes, Otani did, is a, has a healthy year, but let's not act like he's had his whole Angel career been healthy. He had Tommy John. He had a knee issue. Last year, he looked horrible. A lot of people were calling him overrated. A lot of people were saying, oh, see, it doesn't work. He's finally healthy this year. And Otani, who did, again, hit hit, hit his uh, major league leading home run today at Baltimore to lead off the game, his 41st home run. Uh, again, this guy's doing crazy stuff. But, yeah, it's not act like he's been completely healthy his whole career. It seems like he kind of turned that corner, and hopefully he can continue to be healthy the rest of the way through. But his first couple of years with the Angels have been kind of, um, you know, hurt by injuries. Again, Tommy John, um, because of the Tommy John, he also had a knee issue, and that really affected his 2020 season. Um, let's see what else. When you lose the best player in baseball and all – Star third baseman, pretty much your entire rotation there will be struggles. Yes. Plus Fowler, Stassi for a month. Walsh for some reason, for some time, and bullpen pieces. Yeah, Walsh has been a real big... I mean, we can look at a lot of guys in the lineup as of recently to um, why they're str- or who's struggling, who's who kind of needs to pick it up. Walsh definitely is one of them. If you look at Walsh's recent numbers, again, he got off to a, a crazy hot start at the end of last year. Came in the beginning of this year. Crazy hot start at the beginning of this year. Deserved the MVP. Or not MVP. Deserved an all-star berth. Deserved that for sure. Uh, But, you know, since he's come back from his injury, since the all-star break, he has really been struggling. You look at some of his numbers, his last 30 games, um, he is slugging 315. uh, And I think he hit a home run on Tuesday, his first home run in some time. In last 30 games, only three home runs. This wasn't the same Jared Walsh at the beginning of this year. So that has hurt the offense. Definitely. Is it because maybe his back is still hurting and he's kind of out there because he feels like he has to be, or is it just simply that he's playing more innings now in the major league level that he has ever have again, last year, 60 game season was already super, super uh, short to begin with. And outside of that last month that Jared was with the team, he was kind of up and down a little bit, the beginning of the, of the 60 game series or 60 game season. Sorry. So he hasn't played a ton of games in 20 and 2000, uh, in this season, 21, he has played in 112 games in 2020, 32 and 19, 31. So by far he's played the most games in the majors this year than his whole career combined. Now, is he hitting a wall? Is he tired? I don't know. Uh, I'm sure he'll never come out and say that's the issue, but it could very easily be. So Walsh has been struggling. Fletcher, another guy who obviously brings up a lot of debate about hitter, good hitter, not good hitter. What is he as a hitter? But you look at even his um, average, you know, the thing that everyone kind of, when you talk about Dave, uh, David Fletcher, it's like, well, look at his average. Look at his hits. Look at his average. You look at his average in his last 15 games, it's at 206. And again, this can be, you know, a reason why the Angels' offense is struggling. It's not the only reason why. Same thing as Jared Walsh is struggling isn't the only reason why. But Fletcher has been struggling. His last 30 games, he's batting 250. And again, his on-base is never very high to begin with. His on-base is 301 with his slugging at 290. I don't know if 
if pitchers are now starting to figure out how to pitch to him because he doesn't take a lot of pitches. If they throw that first pitch anywhere close to the strike zone on the outside, a little high, a little low, there's a good chance he's taking a hack at it. And there's a good chance he might be, you know, rolling the ball over. You know, sometimes it finds a gap. Sometimes it finds a player, you know. So I don't know if pitchers are fine decided, you know what, let's just go right at him at the first pitch. We know he's going to swing and put it in play. Maybe we can get lucky and he hits it at a guy and get a quick out. Because like I mentioned, Fletcher is not walking. Fletcher is not getting on base any other way but his hits. And that can only, you know, take you so far. Another question, what's your opinion on the team not producing runs even if we had good uh, a good pitching day? I, you know, honestly, the biggest thing with that is just look at the lineup. Outside of Otani, you know, like I mentioned, Fletcher's struggling. Walsh is struggling. Marshendale are kind of turning it around, are slowly coming, which is a huge, huge bonus. Marsh had an absolute crazy series, and he's helped this team during this time. Um, obviously, you guys all know about his slump when he came up. A lot of the people were kind of worried about that. But if you look at his last 15 games, he's batting four or he's batting 375 with a 407 on base and slugging 554. So Brandon seems to be coming around, seems to be making those adjustments. If you watch the game, uh, what was it, Tuesday night, they had him post-game, and he said, you know, he wanted to come up, he wanted to struggle to see what he needs to work on, and it definitely seems like he has done that because his numbers are definitely coming around. You know, Joe, I think will be coming around. He does have that, 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 that power that Brandon is lacking a little bit, but... You know, you look at some of Joe's stats right now. His last, you know, his last 30 games aren't great. Two, uh, 229, uh, he's slugging 337. I think he will come around. Um, he does have uh, one home run, that grand slam. That was huge. Uh, he does seem to be like an RBI machine, though. He has 16 RBIs in his last 30 games. So seems like, you know, he's going to be on the coming around. Marsh is coming around, but you still need those guys at the top of the lineup, the Walshes, the Fletchers, the guys, those guys who produce as well. Otani as well. Otani has been striking out, but you kind of take that with, with what you get. You eat. Otani is like the all or nothing guy. He either strikes out or hits uh, an extra base hit, a home run, a double or a triple or something like that. But you kind of accept that because of what he's doing is putting the ball over the wall so much. A lot of money coming off the books. This offseason, Perry can turn this around quickly. Question is, will Artie and Perry actually do uh, actually do it? I don't know. You say a lot of money on the, coming off the books. It's it's only really, you know, pool holes, which is a lot of money, granted. But um, we had a question on here. I asked for questions on our Instagram. Again, it's Halo underscore Haven on our uh, Instagram and our Twitter. Uh, the question was, top five free agents the Angels should be eyeing. Obviously, names can go back and forth. You know, some people like uh, uh, Correa or some people like Springer. Some people like Simeon for a shortstop situation. I don't think that's necessarily a huge... That's probably not top of the list. Obviously, we are seeing it now more so than ever. You do need to kind of solidify that bullpen a little bit, and you might need to get one or two starting pitchers. I don't know necessarily if you go after a huge starting pitcher as far as... um, Name-wise, Scherzer, Verlander, Granke, Kershaw. Like, I don't necessarily know if you go after those guys because the price of those guys scare me. 
and until one of them signs and kind of sets the market, that's really going to scare me. But obviously, you're going to have to start going over some bullpen guys and, and trying not to overspend, but trying to find kind of diamonds in the rough a little bit. And yeah, I think shortstop, you do need to address the shortstop situation. Um, Correa, Simeon, uh, Seeger. I'm trying to think. There's probably a couple other ones that are going to be your top shortstops. And do you spend a lot of money on those? I'm not sure. But I, obviously, I think the main priority is um, the main priority is um, pitching, whether it's in the bullpen or starting rotation. Pujols, Quintana, Heaney, that's about $50 million for guys that have literally done nothing to help the team win. Well, a lot of that is Pujols. He's not even here. Katana, Bundy, there are, well, Bundy was on a two-year deal. Katana was on a one-year deal, so that wasn't a lot. Heaney, um, you know, was going to be a free agent. So I don't think he was making tons of money anyways. But you get rid of those guys, you, now you still have to fill it up. You still got to fill those up. So um, you're going to have to fill that spot with Katana. Even if Katana's gone, you're going to have to fill that spot with another pitcher. Does he make more than Katana? Does he make less than Katana? So, yeah, that number, that $50 million sounds good, but you also have to use it to re-sign, you know, legit guys. And do you want to overspend? I talked about this a couple of podcasts ago about Otani and his upcoming free agency. If you're not familiar with the situation, Otani is playing this year, the rest of 2021 and 2022 under contract with the angels at the end of 2022, he's going to go into arbitration, his last year of arbitration. If you're not familiar with it, arbitration, if you guys agree to go to arbitration, the angels say he's worth this much Otani and his People say he's worth that much for the single year. And now if you can't agree to terms, if you can't, you know, meet in the middle, then you go to arbitration and you make your case. You know, the angels will say why he's not worth that much money and why he's worth the money they think he's worth. And that can get really personal. You hear some stories about guys going to arbitration and just kind of now losing, not respect, but you just kind of know where the team lies. You kind of look at the team's front office a little differently because of that. Now, do the Angels want to go through that with Otani, who has been known to be kind of a sensitive guy and you know an emotional guy, or are they going to try to tie him up long term and buy out that last year of arbitration and, and you know and put in like an extension, so like a five six year extension, while buying out that last year of arbitration? If they do that, you're looking at again. So for reference, um, uh, Trout and Rendon are about 38 and 37 respectively million dollars per year. So what's Otani worth? You see what he's doing pitching wise. You see what he's doing hitting wise. Is it out of the question that he's worth $40 million per year? That's going to be the huge question. That's going to be the huge chunk of money. The angels are going to have to um, put forward to keep him. Now, if they have another big contract that they signed this year, let's say a pitcher. And that contract goes in for like four years. Well, those two, Otani's re-signing and this pitcher, pitcher X, they're going to overlap. Are the Angels going to want to spend money? And again, it all comes down to what's already going to do. He has a reputation of kind of holding, st- like I think the most they've ever spent is $181 million on the cap or on the, on the luxury tax. Sorry, there is no cap uh, on the payroll. Is he now going to be willing to go over it when you... When- to produce or still have to get organizational depth, which is a huge question marks. We have seen some of these young guys come up this year and do well. Brandon, Joe, Austin, Detmers, uh, Chris Rodriguez. We've seen guys come up and do well. Now, again, in the offseason, you're hoping they're able to take the next step. 
those guys are going to help this team a lot because they're going to be so cost controlled. They're going to be cheap. And if those guys are filling out the majority of your 26 man roster, yeah, now you can spend some more money on big names. But at the same time, you also have to kind of stock up the farm system, which means trading might not be a huge thing. You might have to, you know, skip the trade market if you can, because you do need a farm system. People, a lot of people are saying, you know, we don't need canning. We don't need this person. We don't need that person. Let's trade them. Look at the rotation, what it is now compared to what it was even a month ago or two months ago. You had Detmers. You had Chris Rodriguez. You had, um, you know, a, a healthy canning earlier this year who was struggling, but at least he gave you innings. You had all these guys. Now, look, you're out without canning. You're without Rodriguez. You're without Sandoval. You're without Detmers for we're not sure how long. You're going to need overall organizational depth. So you can't really afford to trade a lot of these guys because you can never guarantee that a season is going to go, you know, 162 games without someone getting hurt, without maybe a couple people getting hurt. And you need that depth. A perfect example of this now is the San Diego Padres. San Diego Padres for the last handful of years have had one of the best, like a consensus, like top four farm systems for the last like four or five years. Because, you know, yeah, they would trade some of their guys away and rebuild and draft picks or trade away a, a guy and get three or four, you know, uh, prospects that turned in to be something. Well, this season, they traded away, and even last season, for Clevenger, for you Darvish, for Blake Snell. There's a lot of trades they did to get pitchers that are ready now compared to what could have been in the future. They went from being like a top three, top four uh, farm system, and if you look at Pipeline, MLB Pipeline's team rankings that just came out recently this last week, they are now down in the 20s. I think now they're down like to 23, 24. So it's great when you have it, but if you're going to sell it off, if you're going to trade it, you better hope, A, that you can make a serious run, and B, everyone stays healthy. Because if you look at the Padres now, the team that's coming into Anaheim starting Friday and ending Saturday... Their pitching depth is really struggling. It's because now they don't have some of these guys that, you know, Snell had an okay outing, but he's been really struggling recently. You've been struggling with, with health. It would be really good for some of these guys now to be in the system to give you some depth. And that's what worries me with the Angels. If they go out and start trading guys, you know, young guys, and get some of these older players, which is fine. It sounds great. They can, can, they can help the team now. But what happens when those older players get hurt? What happens if those older players don't, produce you can't now fall back on your farm system and say hey let's get this young guy an opportunity to to grow and build into um into a player because he's going to be gone so this is a really interesting situation the angels find themselves in this offseason is do we rely on some of our young guys get them up in the majors save some money re-sign otani to a monster deal but then have our hands tied we really can't do too much after that yeah you can probably get a couple guys for the bullpen but are they going to be high name, high leverage type of guys. I don't know. And I guess part of that depends on the Angels if they feel comfortable enough re-signing Iglesias, Rossell Iglesias, which I think is probably a must. Um, they need to do that this this offseason. I'm not sure if it'll come during the season, um, but I think that is an absolute must for the Angels is re-signing Rossell Iglesias. After that, do they feel comfortable with Warren, the eighth inning guy, or... Um, or Marte being the eighth inning guy and, and, you know, wants can be like a, you know, a seventh, sixth, seventh guy who can give you multiple innings. I think he's proven that he's might not be the, a high leverage type of guy right now, 
But he is a guy that can come in a situation and do respectfully. Yeah, he's going to have some rough games, but every reliever does. Um, but I think, you know, what do you do with Warren? Is he an eighth inning guy? Because if he's an eighth inning guy and you have Rossell for the ninth inning, you have a pretty good one-two punch there. Um, like I said, Marte might develop into that eighth inning guy. So you have young guys that could quite possibly fill that void. And if Sam Bachman comes up next year and you want to get him kind of stretched out, like let's say like they did with C-Rod at the beginning of this year and you start him out in the bullpen and he does well, maybe you keep him there because he's more valuable to the bullpen as a bridge guy to the to the ninth or to the, to the eighth inning guy. So there are young options for the Angels right now. And there's a lot of pitchers working their way through the system quick, quick. And you see it because of the way they drafted. Drafting uh, 19 out of the 20 pitchers this year were college guys. That means they're almost there. That means they need maybe a year, a year and a half in the minors to really kind of fine tune some things, get used to big league hitting. And now we're seeing that we are seeing that more and more. So the offseason will be really interesting, but I think you really do need to concentrate on uh, the bullpen. You need to concentrate on the pitching, the, the starting rotation, maybe one or two guys. And that's all you need. I don't think you need a whole super rehaul of, um, of, of the bullpen for sure. So another thing that uh, kind of happened and not really related to the angels, but the name is synonymous with the angels and that's um, the Molina Yadi Molina, one year contract going to retire next year as a Cardinal. I bring that up as to say, you know, there's still people talking about Albert and what he's doing with the Dodgers and kind of wish he was still with the angels. I have a feeling, and I said this back then, I have a feeling that if he would have said the same thing Yachty did right now, saying, hey, my this year that we're talking about 2021 would have been his last year, I think they would have kept him. I think they would have kept him and done the whole ceremony, the whole um, pomp and circumstance of him going out there, you know, waving and stuff like that. But because he didn't, I think they had to do what they had to do and, and DFA him. And then another thing, too, a lot of conversation about Justin Upton. Justin Upton um, has been available to pitch hit this last couple games but hasn't necessarily had the opportunity dealing with a calf issue, dealing with, um, you, you know, you, you hear calf and you get worried because you think of Mike Trout. What happens with Upton next year? He's due next year is his last year on his current contract. I think he's due something around 17, 18 million dollars, no trade clause. So that means you just can't easily just drop him off and say, here you go. You're going to have to have a team that he is willing to go to. And you're going to have to have a team that's willing to take him and probably his money. Um, There was reports that came out while Walsh was injured right around, right after the all-star break that Upton was taking grounders at first. Well, once Walsh came back, that kind of died down a little bit. Now it comes back maybe last week that he's doing it again. How do people feel about Upton playing first base next year? But also being a, um, but also maybe filling in in the outfield when guys are off, or guys are tired or need days off. I think Marsh, Trout, and Adele are your starting outfield health permitting the start of 2022. I think both guys right now have shown enough promise, enough upside, and shown that they are very comfortable um, doing. You know, playing at the major league level. You talk about Joe Adele. His biggest question mark coming into this season was his defense, which makes sense. I mean, obviously, everyone watched what happened last year with Joe in the outfield. 
he does look like a totally different player. He does look like he's 100% more comfortable. And Marsh, well, he's been a major league glove since, you know, 2020 or 2019, where I think, I believe in 2019, he won the minor league like defensive player spring training or something crazy like that. So Marsh has obviously been ready, ready to play defense for a long time. Joe does look a lot better, which kind of links into uh, Matthew asked on, on our Instagram. What do you think that, do you think the angels are, are going to make any trades next off season? I kind of talked about it a little bit right now. I don't think you touch Brandon and Marsh. And I mentioned before cost control. These guys are going to be cheap. These guys are going to be, able to perform at a major league or above level next year for sure. Now you can reinvest that money somewhere else, pitching, starting pitching, relief pitching, Otani extension, re-signing Iglesias. I think some of these younger guys you need to keep a hold of because they're going to be cheap. And if you want to spend money somewhere else and not go over, you know, the luxury tax or, or, or flirt with the luxury tax, you're going to need a handful of these cheap guys in your 26 man um, roster to make, the other guys, the Rossell, uh, you know, re-signing, the Otani maybe extension. Um, obviously, Trout and Rendon are, are, are making their money right now. To make all this happen, you need a handful of guys, young guys that are that are cheap. And I, that's the reason why I don't think you trade Joe. I don't think you trade Brandon. You know, Jordan Adams is having, uh, you know, you haven't heard a lot of news from him. Uh, but he is no, another top prospect type, outfield type. Maybe they go, you know, trade him. You know, you kind of feel comfortable with what the outfield is now for the next, you know, what does Trout have left in him where he's going to play a high-level outfield another four or five years? You know, you you think theoretically there's our guys young, um, whether it's Calabrese who got drafted last year, whether it's Deshaun Knowles who's been doing really good at Inland Empire. You know, in four or five years, those guys will be ready to take a spot in the outfield for sure. And maybe that's what you kind of hope for. Orlando Martinez, another outfielder who's been really good out in uh, Rocket City. He's a guy that can really compete for maybe a fourth outfield spot next year. Or maybe, you know, because he's done so good this offseason, maybe you do think about flipping him. But as far as guys that are on the Major League roster or on the cusp of making the Major League rosters, I think you hold on. You need these young guys. You need guys to um, make your overall payroll just a little bit cheaper so you can spend it otherwise. Because you think about, you think about you know what this team is and where it's so heavy is is that there's a lot of older guys. There's not a lot of young talent. I mean, when you look at young talent before this season, you know maybe you're thinking about Jared Walsh last at the end of last year. But other than that, you know Mike Trout isn't 23, 24 anymore. He's not like the the kid. You know this team got fairly, especially the, the position players got got old quick you look at last year or the year before um you know um, simmons was getting older uh fletcher was was pretty young i think he was probably the youngest one but then you had like you know pool holes playing first you had rendon or whoever playing third but it wasn't necessarily a young guy and you had the outfield with upton and, and kind of a, and cole for a while those guys were older now it seems like they're getting kind of a a a, a a dose of youth in here, whether it's Brandon, Joe. Um, we'll see if they bring up maybe a young guy to play shortstop next year. Who knows? But it does seem like they're getting a little bit younger. It looks like they're getting younger also in the bullpen. Definitely younger in the rotation. Um, but it just seems like this team has not had a, like a youth, um, a, a youth, how was the word I'm looking for? Uh, you know, 
revelation in such a long time. It seems like because of Trout, and which I understand. Trout is a guy where you want to win right away. You want to win while he's in his prime. So the best way of doing it, putting veterans around her around him that A, have proven that they can win or proven that they can do this or that. But at the same time, there's a cliff. At some point in everyone's career, you go after veterans, that cliff is a lot closer than if you go after some of these younger guys. Does it work for some teams? Absolutely. Has it seemed that it doesn't work for the Angels? <laughs> Absolutely. But at the same time, this is like the first time I can really remember, you know, that the Angels have young guys on the team that are going to be there next year and year after that and have developed at least somewhat this season. And you hope that next season they do the same. The Angels are young, really young, and especially that pitching staff. If these guys are, can take, if these guys can take steps this offseason and get better, you have Otani, who's already done really, really well. This this pitching staff, again, stays healthy, first and foremost, which is, always seems to be the hardest thing. But if they can do that and relatively healthy, this team can be competitive next year with that pitching rotation. I don't think it would need a lot of work. You hope that Sandoval comes back 100% off of his back issue. You hope Chris Rodriguez comes back 100% healthy. You're, you know, Reed Detmers is able to take the next step. Those three guys alone with Otani, that's a fourth. Those are four guys, four pitchers that if they do end up taking the next step can be a really good core for a team. And then, yes, you do need, a, you need, you do need Suarez. You do need Berea. You do need Cannon. You do need some of these guys to add depth to the, to the rotation. Like I mentioned before, if you think you're going to go through a whole season with six or seven starting pitchers, you're absolutely wrong. Look at any team in the majors right now. I guarantee you they probably have gone through like 10 different starters. You need depth. So you hope that you're getting more with some of these guys that they drafted. You hope that you're getting some from, again, Suarez, Berea, Canning. These guys can be just depth pieces. Someone's on the IL for 10 days. Someone needs to make one or two starts. You're not looking for them to go out there and throw no hitters. But you are looking for them to go out there, you know, six innings, two runs, five strikeouts. Like, that's good. Or three runs, six innings, something like that. You know, that's what you're looking for for some of those guys. And in short spurts, not, hey, we need you to do that for 10, 10 starts. You know, if you can do that three times out of five starts, great. We'll, we'll take that. But the Angels are really in an interesting situation going into next year. And I think it's easy to say now. As we sit here after they lose the series to Baltimore, um, that they are definitely out of playoff competition as as the Angels sit right now. Again, coming home to start a series against San Diego on Friday and Saturday, off day Sunday. Angels are 13 games out of division. And then if you want to look at the wild card, nine and a half out. So now it's about let's see what they have in in the system. Maybe you start do start seeing a lot of guys that are um, young coming up at the same time. You have to worry about DFAing. You don't want to lose someone that you might that you might want to hold on to. Depth depth is important. Less injuries and bats need to step every game. Uh, bats yeah, bats need to step up every game. But it's just the likelihood of that happening isn't very high. You know you're gonna have your games where you score twelve runs. You're also gonna have your games where you're scoring. Two runs. 
you just need to make sure that you know you you have those games, but you need a, a majority of of games to where you score five runs, where you can kind of go either way. And I think that's what's been lacking. But also too, you look at the guys out, Trout, Rendon. Those guys are difference makers. These those guys, you know, extend this lineup to make it so much better. Um, I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. So if you're on Instagram Live and you missed it, talking about Fletcher struggles, talking about Wall struggles. These are your guys that. Because of the injuries, because of the guys out, you're leaning on. And yeah, maybe it's unfair because these guys are not that type of player. You saw what Walsh was able to do when, you know, when the majority of the lineup was healthy. You saw what Upton was able to do when he was healthy. It just seems like this 162-game season has really beat down some of the older guys and has, you know, done some of the same for the younger guys, like Jared Walsh, like I talked about. Before this season... He has played maybe 30, his career high was like 36 games in the major league season. Now he's at like 113 or something like that. So he has played a ton more games than he's used to. Maybe it's just something as simple as, hey, you know, you heard of a uh, a sophomore slump. It could be something as easy as that. Hitting a wall could be as easy as that. Back could be bugging him. But if he comes back healthy next year, this offense should, you know, pick up. Do you think Trout comes back for the remainder of the season? He has been running. He has been doing some exercises. So there, that's encouraging. Do I think he comes back? I think he comes back, but I think he comes back at a very limited rate, meaning maybe three times a week, um, maybe in the corner corner outfield spot. I do think he wants to get out there. I do think the Angels want to see him out there just to see where he stands with everything, how he moves. I do think... If he does come back, it's going to be limited. It's going, to, like I said, it's going to be like three days a week. You know, I, I doubt you'll see him play. You know, like he normally would, six, seven, eight, nine games in a row. I, I don't think you see that at all. I do think if he does come back, he kind of tests it out a little bit. Game here, game there, maybe goes to a back to back. Highly doubt you see him like a day game after a night game kind of deal, um, just to kind of get that competitive juices and kind of get that running again. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully with about a month left in the season. Do you think if anyone on the starting roster were, were, you think if everyone on the starting roster were healthy, angels would make the playoffs possibly number one in the AL West. I don't think they would be number one, in the AL West, because you look at a team like Houston, Houston looks really good. Um, but do I think they would be in a wild card? I picked them to, to be in a wild card. If everyone was healthy at the beginning of the year. And that's, before we knew what Sandoval was going to be or how good, um, before we knew if Walsh's situation was legit from last year or if it was just a, a blip on his career. I thought this team was good enough to get a wild card spot, and, I, and I'm kind of saying the same thing now. If this team is exactly the same, minus the injuries, Trout's in there, Rendon's, I think they are really competing for a wild card spot. I just don't think they are there yet to compete for the division. Now, again, these young pitchers, take a step up Otani gets a little bit better Otani maybe pitches a little bit more because I think that's where he's really going to impact the team with a f- healthy uh, lineup he's going to affect the team better as a pitcher than a lineup because now you have Trout and Rendon and you know Walsh and uh, you know Joe and Brandon kind of turning it around they can really carry a lineup by themselves Otani will help the team definitely pitch if he pitches more but yeah, I think they would be like a wild card if everyone was healthy. It'd be hard for me to say they'll be first in the West because Houston is so good and they do have a lot of good players. What are your thoughts on the Angels owner and where the direction of as an organization is going? Obviously, Artie is an owner. This 
people love to say this is a child's game. This is a child's game, but this is a man's business. And Artie, Artie runs it like a business, which I can't fault him for that. For a lot of these owners that own major league teams, these are toys. Let's be honest. These guys who made this money to afford teams, you know, they buy teams as for fun. Yeah, as an investment, but for fun too, because they're getting, you know, billions of dollars somewhere else. Artie as an owner isn't is an owner. He's not a baseball fan. That's my opinion. I don't think he's a baseball fan. He's here to make money. And that sucks as Angel fans. That sucks as a team that you want to see well and you want to see a guy get involved in the team. But when your owner really only shows up to, what, like 12 home games a year, you can't expect too much out of him. You know, so it sucks. You you just hope as an Angel fan, as I do, late in life, he decides to listen to people around him more. And quit being so damn hard-headed. And maybe that helps. And maybe that's... Maybe, honestly, maybe that's what helped with the Pujols DFA. Maybe Perry was able to get into his ear and say, this is going to help the team. This is why. Um, And Artie was... Listen to it. So we'll see this offseason, too. If Artie's... If Artie is hands-off and Perry can run the offseason like he wants to, I think you'll be able to tell by who they sign and the deals and all that stuff. So I honestly think... Perry might have the ear of Artie just because I see them bringing up more young guys. I've never seen this before. They DFA Pujols, which everyone knew Artie loved Albert. They DFA'd him. So maybe this offseason, Perry does have the ear of Artie, and maybe this is kind of turns it around. We'll have to wait and see, but there's some things that happen throughout this year that kind of makes me go, hmm, maybe Perry is talking some sense into Artie or at least telling Artie, hey, I got this, leave me alone, and stepping up and kind of, you know, GMs always want to keep their job. So, of course, when the owner comes barking around, they're going to do whatever it takes to keep their job. And maybe Artie, um, maybe Perry's kind of stepping up to Artie a little bit and he's able to do more. How much do pitching struggles have to do with analytics and shifts? I don't think it does anything with analytics and shifts. I think pitching struggle is just right now for the Angels. You have Bundy out there who obviously isn't the Bundy of 2020. That's not analytics. That's just dude just, like I said, when you get veteran players, there's a cliff. Sometimes it comes sooner than others. Shifts, people hate the shifts, people love the shifts. Until I see someone say, hey, the shift helped us 80% of the time, but hurt us the other 20% of the time, or vice versa, the shifts are the shifts. They're going to be here to stay. You know, people want to talk about hitting. If if batters hate the shift so much or, or bugs them so much, they'll learn to go the opposite way. Obviously, it doesn't bug them that much, so they're going to keep on shifting. I have no problem with the shifts. Personally, uh, personally, I don't like the guy. I think he is a new Frank McCord, and we haven't got anything for Trout to support a championship caliber roster. No, I mean, Frank McCord is kind of on the way, and I don't think Artie's going to go bankrupt uh, for with this team. I think that's kind of, I mean, maybe as a as a maybe as a baseball guy, maybe, but as a businessman, yeah, I don't think he's there. Um, what do you say to people who keep saying Angels are wasting Trout and Otani's career? Well, Otani's career just started. This is his third year. So to say that they're wasting his career is a bit overblown and a bit quick. Like I mentioned, Otani's still fairly young. Again, this third year. I honestly, I th- that's too soon. Trout wasting his career. Listen, Trout had an opportunity to get out when when he before he resigned. Now, do I think he? Now, do I think he is um, probably upset that the Angels aren't doing great? Yeah, but he had his he had his opportunity to get out. He didn't get out. He knew what the what the risk was, as every player does. You 
you sign long-term with a guy, with a team, you know there can be some ups and downs. So I don't feel like they're wasting Trout's career. I think Trout, if he felt that way, he would have got out. They're paying him very handsomely. So if you're going to waste his career like that, I wish someone would waste my career like that and pay me that way. Um, he's the Jerry Jones of baseball. Again, I think it's Artie. Uh, he needs to take a back seat and let his others do their job. But as the owner, like I said, these other guys, they want to keep their job too. Artie is just trying, or um, Perry and those guys are just trying to keep their job. And if Artie says jump, I'm afraid they're going to say how high. Uh, Albert Pujols has been one of the best hitters in baseball against lefties this season, something that Walsh is awful at. Well, Walsh earlier this year was better against lefties. You saw those numbers early in the year when he was on his all-star pace were better. As of recently, coming back from the injury, coming back after the break, yes, those numbers have gone way down. But again, I don't know if it's because he's tired, if his back's still bothering him. There's a hundred different things I can think what's wrong. That's the reason why he's struggling right now. But if you look at his numbers pre all-star break he was hitting lefties just fine it wasn't like out of this world or anything like that but it was respectable so again don't know if it's injury still kind of nagging or or what but yeah um you know you hope it comes around in the beginning of next year he's able to kind of have a fresh start full health and everything and he's able to hit lefties again uh marsh is playing like a vet yes marsh has been absolutely killing it the young guys him and joe have been doing really well uh joe looks completely different in the outfield. I, I can't believe the, the difference I see in Joe in the outfield. Um, but Marsh has, has been done, has been doing really, really well. And he's said, he's said so his, himself. He needed the struggle in the beginning to see what he can work on for sure. Walsh needs to keep getting at bats versus lefties. I'm afraid they'll sit him versus lefties next year and they'll doom him. I think they'll give him an opportunity. Like I said before, I think they will give him an opportunity to hit against lefties next year. Now, if his struggles from right now carry over to next year or past, you know, let's say the first couple months of next year, then, yeah, then I think you do need, though, to really think about platooning. Just because, like I said, you you need to see what he can do back healthy, rested. If he hits lefties again, then, yeah, you're right. You keep him in there. But if he continues to struggle, maybe they found something, found a hole in his swing or something like that, Um I, I, you know, hopefully he readjusts and can make adjustments this off season, but I think you still need to give Jared Walsh those opportunities going in the next season for sure. Uh, that's the plan to platoon with Justin Upton. Yeah. At first we'll see how that goes again. Upton has been taking ground balls at first. He did a little bit when Walsh was injured, then kind of stopped for a little bit. Then he started taking ground balls again recently, but as because of his calf injury, he stopped. So you have Upton that can be a utility guy um, next year. Again, really overpaid utility guy, but a utility guy that can give you uh, innings in the outfield and innings at first base, possibly, possibly, possibly. But again, I do, I do think you give Jerry Walsh an opportunity to hit against lefties the rest of this year and the beginning of next year. But if you're a couple months into the season, I really think you really need to, I think you really need to tweak that a little bit and see what happens. Any chance we see Thice at catcher next year, you think? I don't. I don't. I think Thice is going to be, um, a jack of all trades and a master of none. I think if they felt comfortable with Thice, um, they would have brought him up already playing catcher. I know he's playing a lot more catcher this year, but like I mentioned, I think that's like an emergency type of situation where, um, you know, I think they do need to sign Stassi next year as far as a backup catcher. Maybe a backup catcher. I don't know. I don't think he's going to start as a catcher next year. 
regardless. If he's a backup, okay, maybe. But I don't know. I, I do not feel comfortable with him at catcher. I know he's working on it, but sometimes if you can't be a catcher, you can't be a catcher, regardless of what's going on. So we'll see what happens. Uh, do we sign any big names, Kershaw or Serger? I don't think so. Kershaw, I said this before, if he doesn't sign with the Dodgers or the Rangers, his hometown team next year, I will be completely surprised. I honestly think if Kershaw signs with a different team, he's going home for maybe the last two or three um, years of his career. Or I can see him, you know, signing two or three years with the Dodgers and finishing out as a legendary Dodger. Until I see Kershaw in a different uniform, I won't believe it at all. Serge, on the other hand, I wouldn't mind going after him, but the deal has to be right. It cannot be long. It ha- you have to really be able to con- cost control because, you, like I mentioned before, the Otani contract is coming. And it's not impossible that I see him going for $40 million a year once that happens. So, Serger, yeah, you, you, the numbers have to make sense. I don't think it's a blank check situation. We need to get him no matter what. I think the numbers have to make sense with him. Who's off the books this offseason and are still paying Hamilton money? No, we're not paying Hamilton money. Really, everyone's off the books except for Fletcher, Otani, Trout, Rendon, and... Um, I think that's all they're really that's the only people they're committed fully committed to paying for next year but um obviously you're gonna have to resign walsh to i think he's an arbitration maybe this year or maybe it's his last year pre-arb you got a bunch of young guys pre-arb so um the only guy with big money coming off the books is a um is pools what are the top tier starting free agents this winter and which ones would you buy we can get more into that as this offseason gets closer there's a bunch of guys too who can opt in, opt out, that can really change the starting pitching um, market. Because if some guys opt out that we're not even talking about, that can really change. I think um, Stroman's one of those guys where I think he has an option to where he can opt in or opt out. And if he opts out, changes the landscape completely. Um, Syndergaard said today he doesn't see himself anywhere with the Mets. He might be doomed if, if, uh, if terms of signing front-end free agent pitcher... See, I don't care what players say about that team they're with right now. I do not believe a word they say. I What else are they going to say? Same thing when the whole thing with Rossell came up, and I love it here, I want to play here. Cop, I want to love it here, I want to play here for, you know, I want to keep on playing. Well, what else are they going to say? They're not going to say, well, this place sucks, these crowds sucks, these management sucks. They're not going to say any of that stuff, even if they believe it. So when a player says, I feel X about, I feel great about this team and where I'm at, I don't believe it. I don't believe a word they're saying. What else are they supposed to say? Do you think uh, Shohei can maintain this play right now? I love the guy, but this is really his first real um, effective year on the mound and hitting. Yeah, that's going to be the interesting thing next year is, A, does he keep on doing it? And B, can he maintain it? Hopefully he does. I see with the year he's going to have this year, the MVP type year, they're going to give him every opportunity to continue to do it. Can it happen for the next two years? Yes, I think so. Anything past that, get a little bit older, father time comes into play. Not 100% sure. So we'll definitely see. Um, so we definitely see what will happen there. But I think next year, I definitely think you see Otani doing the same thing he is doing now. So this is going to wrap it up for this edition of the All Angels Podcast. This is going to wrap it up for my Instagram Live. Thank you, everyone, for jumping on and asking questions. If you are late to the Instagram Live and you just jumped on within the last, uh, I think I've been going for the last like 50 minutes or so, go back, listen to the podcast. It will be posted tonight. 
or tomorrow morning, listen to it on your commute to work. Um, we talked about a lot of like off season stuff and obviously a little bit about my thoughts about the Baltimore series and where it went completely wrong. So again, if you're just joining Instagram live right now, um, check out the podcast in about a couple hours, all angels podcast, anywhere you get podcasts, Spotify, Apple, uh, Apple podcasts, uh, Google podcast or not Google, uh, Amazon music and all that stuff. Definitely check it out. Alana, thank you very much. Uh, you have a good night. It's, it's not even a game on and you're on this late. Wow. Dedicated. I really, really appreciate it. Um, but thank you guys. Check out the podcast. Uh, look for another one Sunday off day. Hopefully there's better news again with injuries and better news with results of games against San Diego. So again, I am down Garcia and this has been another edition of the all angels podcast. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine.